Yo, this hot, this the spot, there it is pod.com We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them We talking about life and life to stream right to you From the microphone right to your home, dude Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo Cause there it is Welcome to the There It Is Podcast, a comedy podcast among comedy podcasts. There's so many out there. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Thanks so much for being here. This is a special episode. It's a comedy shop talk episode. And uh, you can find old episodes on iTunes and on SoundCloud. You can read up on them and read some blogs on the website, thereitispod.com. And you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at There It Is Pod. We would very much appreciate that. And if you are going to listen on iTunes or SoundCloud, or if that's what you're currently doing, because that's the only way you can hear my voice, uh, could you please subscribe and leave a review? That helps us out. We appreciate it. Well, folks, this, as I said, is a special episode, a fun-sized episode. Uh, as you can already see, it's a shorter one. And it's just a chat with me and Justina, and we're talking about different things in the comedy community, opinions we have, things we've seen, they might be news items, they might be things that we even just saw on social media and and decided to chat about them, and also experiences that we're having. So we hope you enjoy this episode. It's a fun little one, little bite-sized episode. Let's get right to it. Here's my chat with Justina. Well, I'm here with Justina. Hello. And uh, we're going to talk about comedy and some things going on in the comedy community. Uh, We're going to start with this topic of when people move to a big city, as we've done recently. Yes. A friend of ours who's a stand-up, we knew him back down in the Carolinas, and he has moved a couple of times. He's he's moved to Chicago. Yeah, and to Atlanta more recently. He's in Atlanta currently, and he was he he brought up a, a very sincere post on Facebook, and he said a few different things in it, and it was about like comics who if you're friends or family with uh, a family member of a comic who moved to a big city, or if you are a comic who moved to a big city. Uh, know that that journey is just going to be different for everybody. And um, if you ask questions like, are you killing it? Are you on SNL yet? Um, it kind of, you know, even though it's not your intent, it kind of puts pressure on them, you mm-hmm. know, because they have their own timeline. And and it just opens up the whole mind games of, oh, I'm not doing anything, yeah. I'm not successful yet, or yeah. I'm struggling. <laughs> when yeah. you start in a, when you move to a big city, it can take a few years before you get any real traction. Or at least a few months, you know. Hmm. Um, I don't know, yeah. So I think people also, they just want to, it's just like with small talk in general. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to make conversation. Oh, yeah, and that's definitely, uh, I don't think he was admonishing people and i'm certainly not trying to admonish anyone that we know who's been saying that kind of stuff as we've moved up here when we were moving up here um but it is something to be mindful of of not opening the doors of what depression they might go through you know when someone's 
not quite there where they want to be yet. Yeah. I mean, it applies to a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's like going to school or raising children, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's, it is the comedy equivalent of saying, are you married yet? Or when you yes. get married and when you get married and when you're going to have kids. Yeah. Um, it, it really does put a lot of extra pressure on a person. Or at least just makes them think about things that they maybe aren't ready for don't want right. but it does add to that pressure of i guess i should be doing this now and what am i doing with my life if i'm not doing this thing everyone is, yeah. is suggesting or asking i think we just want to make it clear that if anyone you know asks us about comedy they are no one to us anymore <laughs> you're dead to us yeah you don't have a name uh and if you do your name is mud <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, and also, uh, and this is something I've heard from various people, including musicians like John Mayer said this at a, a clinic that he did at Berkeley School of Music, that um, success or this isn't exactly what he said um, word for word. But essentially what I've learned is that success looks different for everybody. There are people who are very successful in the entertainment industry or the comedy community, and you may not know their name, but they've worked on all these great things. They just aren't the star of a movie or a TV show. Right. But they're working on that TV show consistently. They're working on all these great TV shows, like uh, the comedian Jen Statsky. Who? <laughs> well, in truth, though... Comedians know who she is because she's worked on so many different mm-hmm. things. She's worked on Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. She's yeah. worked on Parks and Rec. She's worked on a bunch of, uh, I think, Broad City. I think she did some work on that. Like, a lot of really great comedy shows of the last seven or eight years, she's worked there. She worked at The Onion. But, you know, if you talk to the average comedy viewer, but not comedy nerd or comedian, they mean they probably haven't noticed her name on the credits and they don't know her but is she successful absolutely i would love to have her career and you know someone uh with a a career like that but they're not the daily show with trevor noah uh someone could easily look at them and say oh i don't know them so let's not be that successful and they're wrong Mm -hmm. it's a good thing just for people to be mindful of uh, another thing that our friend said in that post was that uh, everyone's journey is so different. So, you know, be sort of supportive and just encouraging and, as they are going through that journey. Another thing that was going on uh, in the comedy community, this is actually a, uh, a sadder story. Um, someone posted online a Nikki Glaser um it got a lot of traction when uh, traction when Nikki Glaser retweeted it, but uh, someone was describing uh, sexual harassment that she received uh, backstage after a set at a show last night in Los Angeles, and uh, she was saying, you know, they're just being unbelievably disgusting, making these comments about her body, uh, even saying how they thought she would have tasted. <laughs> I know. Gross. Uh, And then they kept asking her to kiss them. 
And um, which because is, they're real Don Juan, these guys. Oh my god! I know, right? So crazy. <laughs> um, and when she asked them their name, uh, they said, "What are you gonna do? Call the cops?" Uh, and then she got their names and uh, a couple of names that I've never heard before. Yeah. But you know what? They could be successful despite my not hearing your name. I'm kidding. Right. Uh, Mike Chapman and Michael Lenowitz Zamora were the names. Uh, and I say them because the club that they were performing at actually responded to this, and so it sounds legit and not like just somebody putting something out and who knows what the facts are or the other sides of the story. Um, the club actually had a really good response, which is why I'm wanting to talk about it. Um, I thought this was a good response. When the club is in Los Angeles, right? Yes. And it was the Lyric Hyperion Cafe and they responded to Nikki Glazer's retweeting of the, of the post they, uh, they said, unfortunately, no staff members were in the green room when the harassment took place, but we did confront Michael Chapman after the show. His versions of events didn't add up, and he changed his story each time we asked him to repeat it. What was most bothersome in the conversation was his claim that he didn't, and this is quoted, he didn't in any way think he made anyone feel uncomfortable, end quote. And that he was, quote, genuinely, genuinely just joking around, which he said after finally admitting to saying crude things about the way she might taste. Yeah. This is our public statement to Mr. Chapman. You are not welcome around this theater anymore, nor any other dudes like you who think that ignorance is an excuse for unsolicited sexual aggression. No level of harassment will be tolerated in our space. We will not look the other way, and we will not accept your excuses. You either are or are not harassing somebody, and you clearly were. You made a comedian who we love and respect feel deeply uncomfortable, so please fuck off, asshole. <laughs> That's not necessarily, I guess, what you expect in a, uh, in a statement, but um, uh, pretty strong words. That was a statement of Mark Sherman, of the Lyric Hyperion, and I really applaud them talking to him, doing their due dil diligence to really find out what happened. Yeah, I think it was um, good. I don't know what the timeline was, like how fast they were, but it sounds like they were pretty fast about it. Because mm -hmm. um, this show was over the weekend. Oh, then yeah, they yeah. were super fast about it. Today's Monday. Oh my gosh, mm -hmm. yeah, they were on top of it. Yeah, um, there's just too many talented, nice people to, you know, us have to make excuses for talented, mean people, assuming that these scumbags are even talented. Right. You know, um, there, there's plenty of other people who can do stand-up at this club and kill it. You know? Right, and not make people uncomfortable. Right. Now, there has been some talk in the past about outing people publicly, not whether or not it's ethical um, because who knows what the truth is when it's clearly the truth, they'll still wonder if that's the right thing to do, uh, to out them, to tell people not to book them on their shows. I think it's absolutely the right thing to do because it's no different than when the police release a photo of a suspect or a sketch of a suspect of a crime, because they're saying this person is at large they are a danger to the community. So be on the lookout. 
be careful. That's what they're doing. It's the same thing when someone says, hey, club owners, uh, people who are producing mics, these guys are creeps and they are sexually harassing people in a very aggressive way or worse. And I Googled these guys' names and nothing came up. So maybe the repercussions won't even be that bad for them. I don't know. You know, they're not welcome in this club, obviously, and people in L.A. are definitely going to know about it, but mm-hmm. it's not the first thing that comes up on a Google search on their name, so they might be able to move and... Yeah, right. Totes fine. Right, I'm and I, I didn't see any connections with them myself, so none of my friends yeah. in the comedy community throughout the nation are, are connected to these guys, so yeah. uh, they could easily get away. It's not like some of the previous stories where there was there were big names in the community, or, or at least like decently sizable known people, yeah, who uh, got in a lot of trouble, um, and uh, I think it's a good thing that people are trying to protect the women at their shows. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean that is, I I haven't been in a situation like that where two people were just aggressively coming up on me like that in a situation. Where you wouldn't expect something like that. Well, you know? I don't think guys are normally in that kind of situation. Exactly. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. I thought you were like, I just, I can't believe that no one's ever even hinted at flirtation. No one never tried <laughs> to ask me how I would taste. Uh, <laughs> but seriously. Well, I've never been uncomfortable. I've been to a lot of your comedy shows and I've, you know, tried some stand up and I've never been uncomfortable at any of the, the shows that I've been to. Yeah, we're pretty I, lucky. Yeah. So, anyway. I think, um, yeah, and I think, I just can't imagine what it's like, is all I mean, just because this is not something men go through. Yeah, it's a gross thing. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Well, less gross uh, are uh, the streets of New York, which, (laughs) if you've been to New York, the streets are pretty gross. Yeah. But we've been walking these streets from comedy club to train to our apartment and back again uh, because we are, are seeing great shows and we're even getting to perform in some great shows and taking a great class at Magnet and we've signed up for level two at Magnet as well which is a lot of fun um, one thing that I really um, learned I think uh, it's a thing that all improvisers know is that you don't really go for the joke uh, we've all heard that in all sorts of workshops, <laughs> and uh, just seeing it. she's doing a new do right now that you can't see, but just imagine um, a queen. <laughs> That's what Justina looks like. Uh, <laughs> oh, she's saying no. She's she's shaking her head no. She doesn't like a queen. Uh, <laughs> You're my queen to be. You sound crazy. Well, I don't know if you know that song from Coming to America, but, Mm -mm. well, you need to see that movie again. We're going to watch that movie again, and you're going to get that reference. And you go, Jason, you didn't sound crazy. You sounded hilarious. Um, Again, going for the joke and falling flat. That's what you get. Uh, it is true. Uh, so I got to do this great show last week called Mixtape at the Magnet Theater. And I mentioned it when uh, uh, I was setting up the Megan Gray interview last week. Really great interview. If you haven't heard it, go listen to it. Um, but 
Mixtape is a diversity show. They're uh, bringing in people of uh, different backgrounds. This, this is a, a show to show the diversity of Magnet and the improv c- uh, community there. And so they ask different people uh, each month to do the show. And I was uh, very graciously asked and I was very happy to be a part of it. It was super fun. And uh, there was a moment in it where uh, I, I just went for a gag. I, w- I was trying to be clever and um, nothing clever came out. And I it walked was awful. out. <laughs> I was like, nope. Not with him. <laughs> yeah, she denied me three times uh, when someone was like, hey, don't you know? Nope. Uh, <laughs> so it being close to Easter just seemed uh, legit to <laughs> reference that. Anyway, um, I don't, do you even remember that moment in the show? No, I don't. <laughs> it's it's it's. It's not a big deal. I I don't think it's a big deal. That's fair. I don't want to overstate it. But it was a moment of like, all right, here's, here's a little joke that'll yeah, get a laugh. it affects the person who who fumbled more than anybody. You know, I had a fumble in the last improv show I did, and no one remembers it, but I think about it from the time I wake up to the time I go to sleep, which is when I start dreaming about it. So it's just one of those things, you know? And I mean, lesson learned, you know? Well, was yours a going for the joke type of thing? Mine was uh, getting too comfortable with people who I don't normally play with and then making them uncomfortable. Yeah. I grabbed someone's butt. Yeah. And he didn't like it. Well, it was the first time that a man was uh, sexually harassed at a comedy show. Uh, oh, I was trying to pay him a compliment. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> uh, no, it was a, so I think I know what you're talking about. You're talking about a scene where you went for a... Your character was set up to be a racist. Yes, and I was like, oh, racist? I can do this. <laughs> I, you know. I'm and you s- didn't say anything that was actually... Like it was more like ignorant, social ignorance. Right, you know? right. But it's not like you drop the N word or something that's no, offensive. No, 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 no. Yeah, so I wasn't trying to be intentionally offensive. Yeah, you're just playing the role. Just that, playing the role. But mm-hmm. you mean you still have to take into consideration that these are people who do not know you, do not know your background, mm-hmm. because it was it was kind of a jam show, kind of. Yeah, it was. And, we had never. So, the whole point of it was yeah. that we'd never played together before. Yeah, and it was a lot of fun. Um, but you know, lesson learned. It's okay, you know. And with you going for the joke. Um, you know, just don't go for the joke. Don't try and be funny. Truth and comedy, y'all. Yeah, I think that's good. I think um, with your situation, I can definitely see situations where the people would have been like, oh, great. She's playing the game that I gave her, and I'll just jump right on it, and I have no idea who this person is. <laughs> you know, like, some, I could definitely see certain performers mm-hmm. just going with it. Um, and... Uh, I think uh, the person in that scene just got uncomfortable because, he, like you said, you didn't know him. He didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could have gone the wrong way. It could have gone a uh, less offensive way. And um, and then, like, with me going for the joke thing, it just doesn't service the scene. Like, I, you know, if it's... I think that's the kind of distinction because, yeah, you are trying to be funny, but... If you just go for the joke as opposed to giving more detail about the characters or their relationship or more information that the scene might need, if you're doing anything other than that, then you're not servicing the scene. And the joke that I went for wasn't giving more information that was helpful to uh, the scene we were trying to play. So 
I just learned in real time why you don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was a good lesson. Yeah. Uh, speaking of lessons, I uh, signed up for the uh, Steve Martin Master Class. And uh, Justina and I watched a couple of videos last night. And uh, I think it's going to be great. Yeah. Did you watch any more today? I haven't. No. Okay. Cool. Uh, I was reading up on some other stuff today. But uh, um, I'm really looking forward to it. I love Steve Martin. I have my whole life. And uh, I think he's just a bastion of knowledge. It's so interesting to me because, yeah, he is. He's real smart. But, like, I have (laughs) always thought of him as so... Because, okay... Background, I know nothing about Steve Martin, except that The Three Amigos is the best movie of all time. (laughs) But besides that, I don't know much about him at all, except that everyone loves him and he plays a banjo. And to me, that sounds so pretentious, (laughs) just to play a banjo as well as he does. (laughs) And then, like, he also does that. It's not just a gag. He actually tours with a band, his band, and plays the banjo. And I'm just, uh, I don't know. It bothered me. And watching this video, which we've watched one video, he seems so warm and nice Mm -hmm. and... Uh, and he wants to share knowledge, it seems to me, mm-hmm. and he doesn't seem stuck up at all. I just always thought of him as a stuck up person. Just because of the banjo? No, not just because of the banjo, just because everyone loved him. And I guess, I mean, I know he was before my generation, a mm-hmm. lot of his stuff, though he's been active forever. Mm-hmm. But a lot of his stuff was before my generation, and so people were always talking about how funny he was, and I never and saw it. Seen, yeah, yeah you re- The Three Amigos, which is the mm-hmm. best movie of all time. And then you watch Novocaine, and it's not necessarily funny. No, I'm, that's not a famous <laughs> movie of his, but it's like a, he was a serious role in it. So, touring, playing the banjo, made you feel like he was pretentious. Does that mean you think Kermit the Frog is pretentious? Yes. <laughs> 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 but um but he was so nice it seemed to me in the video so i think it's a a good watch i think he's i think a lot of people are gonna um give it um this is my prediction i think a lot mm-hmm. of people are going to say it's a waste of time and money and you know it's just a way that people you know think they can become a comedian overnight just by hmm. watching some videos you know and i think those people should not talk well, I think what happens sometimes... You know, it's just a supplement, you know? This, yeah, just I mean... An, another thing you can do, just like mm-hmm. another book to read or another show to go to or another workshop to do. I think it's good advice because he gave some good advice in there. And I think if anyone's like shaking a stick at it, it's either because they don't want to do some of the stuff that he suggests. Because one of the things he suggested was like, think about comedy all the time. Yeah. And Which, that oh my gosh, tough. when he mentioned that, I was like... Well, I'm not a comic because I don't. (laughs) He really does. Like, I've heard Martin Short talk about how, to this day, how serious Steve Martin takes time. Like, he'll, if he's going to do some appearance on a talk show, then he's like thinking out bits and writing out ideas for him. And then he'll call Martin Short and other people and pitch him. Yeah. No, and I think that's great. And I really respect that. But it's definitely not for everybody. But Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I appreciate hearing that. Right. Yeah, and I think another thing that happens, and not just with this class, but like workshops or anything in general, people can read it and they'll say, there was nothing earth shattering. So therefore, this was not worth my time. Right. It's like, well. Well, maybe that's what's earth shattering. There is nothing earth shattering. There's nothing, there's mm-hmm. no big secret. 
Right. You to just, success, except someone. It's good for someone to repeat something that maybe you've heard before. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. So I think uh, I think it's gonna be really great. I'm looking forward to more of it, and it, it also does give you suggestions um, on what to uh, like some homework suggestions, things of just uh, continuing to create. Yeah. And uh, I think it's a really good idea. And I, I he said a couple things in there. He's like, oh, I really like that. Uh, so. I'm looking forward to finishing this. Uh, it's a 25 video series, and uh, there's a big community and, and hub on the website. So uh, I'm I'm happy with it, and uh, I'm I think uh, it's one of those things of people telling you to not stop your education. You know, we're taking classes, and uh, that's why we moved up here is so we can learn more, and I think this is going to continue that. So if I was going to say anything, continue to learn and grow in your craft, and I wish you all the best in your journey. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> she's she's shaking her head too. again and yeah, saying no. go everybody. <laughs> she's saying go for it, but she is shaking her head. But just like... <laughs> Don't go for it. <laughs> well, thank you, Justina. You're welcome. Truth and comedy, y'all. <laughs> hope you enjoyed that, folks. I hope it spurred some conversation, and I hope you find some old episodes on thereitispod.com and iTunes and SoundCloud. Of course, please subscribe. And if this spurred some interesting thoughts for you, share them with us on social media at There It Is Pod. And you can also follow me at Jason Farr Jokes. Well, that's this episode of There It Is. Folks, until next time, be good to each other. The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr.